0: What you need, just get down on your knees. We are hottest 100s and thousands, and we are taking control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that are deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again,
1: Andrew McDonald. Happy to be here, Nathan Harrison. Hello,
0: Adam is oh. here.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be here as well for the time being. (laughs) Present. Time being, see how that goes. (laughs) Yeah, well. I may just get shits and walk out of here. You get shits or you get the shits? (laughs) Is that different? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Either way, I'll walk out Because that's just polite Yeah, well,
2: there's a a fine line between Getting a shit and taking a shit (laughs) (laughs) Is
0: is it better to give than receive?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's better to take one than get one (laughs) Truly I don't think. feel
0: comfortable talking about fecal matter when we're about to talk about fucking No Doubt, yeah, guys. Come on. Let's show some respect. Let's re-enter the tragic kingdom. It's No Doubt kicking off the top quarter of the hardest 100. It's just a girl.
1: Take this pink ribbon off my eyes
0: I'm exposed and it's no fixable Just a girl from the album Tragic Kingdom. One of the defining songs of the 90s. One of the greatest hits in the arsenal of 1G Stefani and 1N Doubt. Like, doubt, comma, no. Doubt, comma, no. <laughs> that sort <was shorter laughs> of <on> the <D. laughs> separate them just purely on the context of Gwen going on to have a solo career and doing some other stuff. Definitely. I, I should also point out the three other members of No Doubt this year put out an album... Uh, with um, Mr. Davey Havoc of AFI on lead vocals.
2: No kidding.
0: Yeah, they made huh. an 80s synth- <laughs> Is that
2: what they call themselves? No. no.
0: <laughs> That's their full name. <laughs>
2: no, <doubt>. no kidding. <laughs> no
0: kidding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is truly amore. <laughs> uh,
0: they went for the much less cool Dream Car for a name. Mm. Uh, it's an 80s synth pop record.
2: Is the album any good?
0: I've only heard a couple of songs, but I quite like what I've heard. I'm huh. interested to hear the whole thing. Two very different bands that I've had quite Mm. the affinity for over the years. Uh, And obviously, my love of No Doubt stems very much from this record. I think there were like six or seven singles from this record. Obviously, this is probably the most famous apart from maybe Don't Speak. And uh, it's easy to see why this song has kind of held up as an anthem of the time. I think at this point... No doubt I'd just been through so much shit and, like, Gwen had just gotten to this point of just feeling so frustrated with the tokenization and just, like, being dismissed or, like, overlooked or anything like that. Had it up to hear? Am I making myself clear? Like, this is a fucking... Like, it's catchy as shit, but it is also just an absolute fucking tantrum against every fucking person that has belittled this band and fucking dismissed her and fucking overlooked her to to fucking look like uh to spite her and like go against everything that this band stands for or came to stand for and i think that's why this song holds up it is equal parts sugar and spice it is big and poppy and catchy but it's also done through fucking clenched fists and gritted teeth, there's a pertinent aggression to this. And like, she'll kind of just sarcastically play up, like, I'm just a girl, I'm just a girl. And then just, that's all you'll let me be. And just fucking, just comes out swinging. And I love that kind of channeling. It, it's a Trojan horse. Cause you just fucking go into it just like, yeah, catchy. And then you listen to the song and you're just like, oh wait, she's mad as hell and she's not gonna take it anymore. I'm into that so like you're being ambushed but at the same time you're just like i'm okay with this like you guys can take me i'm all right with that (laughs) as we have discussed i am quite the fan of tragic kingdom i think it's a very important 90s record in relation to pop music and its evolution and uh, i also uh, am fascinated by the evolution of this band in particular going from a ska pop kind of band in the late 80s to more of a pop rock band
2: like yeah we, we we all grew up in abandoned scar. <laughs> <laughs> Except me
1: Well, I mean it's very relevant that you talk about the change of style though, because this was like the first single that marked kind of the first of no doubt's changes of style. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were faced with accusations with this song of kind of selling, selling out. out. Um is because <laughs> it's definitely because there's definitely more along the lines of a of a pop song. You hear it, and you definitely hear it being very poppy. But I think what that actually reveals is Gwen Stefani's knack for just writing good pop songs, and proving through this song that she's always kind of had that because that was the big shift really it wasn't any intentional change in direction from the band it was the fact that the principal songwriter Eric Stefani who I believe was a relation um, he took a step back from the band kind of as a whole and so Gwen started writing songs and material for herself to sing which hadn't previously really been done by the band before so she was taking more of a a step forward even though a lot of Eric's work did still inform Tragic Kingdom yeah um, which was a big big talking point for the band at the time, because in the cover, um, there was a photo of, of the band that didn't include Eric, and Gwen was like, that's a bit crap, like, mm-hmm. we should we should probably put Eric in there, so he's like in the back staring off in a yeah, face Yeah, it's somewhere.
0: a total squint moment, though, because yeah, yeah, Gwen yeah, is very clearly the yeah. central focus.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric Stefani, fascinating dude, like, in general, in the way that his, his story played out for No Doubt, and the way that continued to influence things. Oh, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a little bit sad that he... The, they needed the change because they were kind of stagnating, so they did allow other people to kind of step in and write. But that was kind of something that it made him feel kind of bad because he previously was such a, ba- a big part of No Doubt, and so that kind of made him feel on the outer, which is why he went away. What he ended up doing was becoming an animator for The Simpsons. Huh. Nice. No shit. Anyway, I just I thought there was a really huh, that yeah. is good trivia. Really interesting yeah. trivia. Yeah. Um, what's what's No I, Doubt's relationship to The Simpsons? You got to write that.
2: I never really connected with No Doubt as a teenager when it would have been sensible for me to have discovered them. And like I knew obviously this song was everywhere. As you said, David, one of the defining songs of the 90s. And indeed, Gwen as a figurehead of the 90s, like oh, yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah. in terms of fashion and style, like she's iconic of that kind oh, of look. Oh, people
0: are still imitating her style from back then to-, to this day, and she's seen as a fashion icon now. She is, and she's like, like she's incredible. Like, yeah. Still, like with her contemporary looks. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I approached this song initially, like and historically, I've done this as, like, and no doubt in general, as a band that have like pushed pop and ska influences into punk rock, and that's not really where I would like have looked for music that I'm into. And if I had come at it more just as pop music with influences outside of pop music, Mm -hmm. I probably would have enjoyed them more. Initially, And now I've, of course, gone back and revisited and obviously Tragic Kingdom's a landmark album for that kind of sound of 90s pop music with a, like, as you said, the Trojan horse nature of this as a very innocuous kind of pop song, but with a really brilliantly strong feminist message and in the music industry. And that's really great. But like, I still can't quite escape the fact that this song in particular, I find Gwen's vocals to be, like, they're heaps fun, but they're a little bit too cute for me. Like, I know that's the point of it, it's meant to be like an alluring kind of nation of like, but actually, fuck you, and that's the point of it. I know that it's a well-made piece of art, but I can't quite get into it in the way that I, in a way way that, in its own way, does upset me, because I know this is a better song than my reaction to it warrants. I don't know it's not for me and, yeah. I, and that sucks and it, it, it does upset me because I know because my partner is huge into No Doubt and yeah, she right. loves them and like tons of people I know love them people I like I, a significant group of my close friends really love No Doubt and like I know when they were doing shows like got back together a couple of years ago it was a big event for some people and that's really yeah. cool I had um, a friend of mine that flew over just to say yeah, I, yeah I, I wish I connected with it more than I did
1: I kind of missed him as a band um, and so don't really have that much of association so what I get from this song is this kind of like oh right it's one of those radio songs that you're used to ignoring for the majority of your life. So it's, it's kind of hard to dissociate from, from that for me. Like it's, it's just mm. an, an, one of those uh, omnipresent kind of radio hits that I'm so used to hearing. So it's kind of, it's nothing I've ever had to form an opinion on. So to, to do that, I have to kind of wrestle with a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of that kind of fog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
3: That's fair. I just, yeah, I, th- I think it's just a really good kind of like pop punk song. Like it's it's a lot yeah. of fun. I like Gwen's vocals. I think she moves between those kind of modes really well in this song. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sets it up. I like the post-chorus. Oh, I've had it up to here, line. I think that that just oh, yeah, is a that's, great part that's of the, the song. Big fucking index finger. Yeah, button. like every ah, yeah every time it comes up in the song, it's like that's that's just a really great line, and and the whole band delivers it super well. It's just a good pop song. It's
0: time to talk about a work of art, literally, at number 24.
2: <laughs> this is Everclear with Santa Monica. I am still living with your ghost Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast I don't want to be your downtime I don't want to be your
1: stupid game With my big black boots
3: I do believe I'll find myself a new place I don't
0: Santa Monica, Let's Watch the World Die with
2: Andrew Mcfuck and Donald. Look, oh, like, this is one of, one of those songs that has been everywhere in perpetuity. one of those, like, even if you, like, it's you, another you,
0: classic, you, it's another classic. You might not know,
2: classic. you might not know it by its name, because it's certainly more known as, like, oh, Watch yeah, the World Oh, yeah, in brackets, die. Watch the World Die. Yeah, it's yeah it's exactly, it's songs. one of those yeah. songs, yeah. To me, this is, like, that 90s post grunge sound. I can't remember who said the quote that was, um, perfection is achieved, not when you finish adding everything to a design but when you take away everything you don't need and this to me is that 90s post grunge sound distilled down to its absolute most bare essential form like we talked about this with Bush of like like checking all the boxes when it comes to writing a grunge song and this has post-grunge and I yeah. think this does all of them perfectly it has like the big chorus the w- like way too hard on the sleeve emotional we'll swim out past the breakers and watch the world die like it's just so overly saccharine this mm. like cheesiest shit notion yeah, yeah, that yeah. it becomes a genuine statement and indeed the origin of the song um, has a genuine origin which we'll get to in a moment I'm sure but like it just sounds like a post grunge song all other post grunge songs are mere shadows on the cave wall to this sort of song <laughs> dancing in the field <laughs> um I knew new song was a kid and it's one of those songs that like i just thought that like as a nine or ten year old child when i first heard this song i thought that chorus was just like i thought it was so cool and like now as an adult i see it has a cheese to it but like i still connect with it in a way that like I, I don't know this is it, i i have an embarrassing amount of love for this song i yeah. think this is a I'm sure it kills a certain amount of my experimental music credibility so that, I really, <laughs> that I really love Everclear's Santa Monica. But I do uh, uh, really uh, uh, love Everclear's. Shit,
0: shit, uh, uh, uh Diamonds. Uh, 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 musical sounds. song.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Just broken bottles on repeat. Like he sells the the delivery of it in this relaxed kind of like it's like it's, such a it's draw, stu- yeah, yeah it's it's stupid dude bro rock I know that oh, but yeah. like and it's done that to the perfection. The man is still
0: rocking a goatee. Yeah, Johnny exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and this uh, this song has a goatee. I, can yeah. <laughs> I
0: yes!
2: can yeah, I can smell the goatee in this song. Oh, it um, bristles. Yeah, it
0: bristles in the winds yes. of Santa Monica.
2: Yeah, but I think the <laughs> fact that this song was inspired by art's girlfriend who killed herself off a santa monica pier and then he himself tried to do that as well and he failed mm. obviously and that kind of inspired the writing of this song and that that's idea fucking of,
0: Trojan horse again. yeah
2: and that i think that desire to go beyond it all and watch the world die from afar is yeah. a thing that is a really relatable idea when it comes to unhappiness and i think they do it really well despite the fact that it is a jokey dude bro cocking hand song i know a, that there are things to criticize about this song it's there's a lot to criticize about it, surely But I, to me, I happened to connect with it when I was young Like yeah. way too young to even have critical faculties about music I happened to connect with it And I'm unable to break that connection And I just think it's a very, goggles, very man. nice it's song the
0: goddamn yeah. goggles
2: In the opposing corner uh, um,
1: <laughs> Oh no I just don't really like this song very much <laughs> i i don't think the riff's very good and the riff's a large uh, part uh, of the song uh, 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 what
0: <laughs> um you can say whatever the fuck you want <laughs> about fucking art or whatever the fuck else but that's one of the fucking nah. greatest fucking riffs of all time nah. it is so stupidly simple but it's
1: fucking perfect nah. It's
0: fucking genius <laughs> who thought of that that's you, relative you fucking know what majors man is just working yeah. together in perfect fucking yeah. harmony you this know is what man
1: i think that. i came up with that riff when i was fucking around on my guitar in the music room at lunchtime when what i was 12 one of the 12? greatest
0: riffs of Time, sir what what are uh-huh. you thinking and I, think I,
1: I think I came up with it accidentally and I thought that's not very good That you probably couldn't make a song from that and I, I don't oh, well, think i don't moved long. on from that opinion you're no, the wrong
0: typical music student oh yeah I think I know better than a fucking platinum selling record I <laughs> didn't
1: I didn't study music <laughs> uh-huh. I grew up on the I got I got street knowledge when it comes <laughs> oh, to music when when it comes to riffs yeah talk it up I get my riffs
2: from the streets
1: oh baby here we go, here yeah. we go. Yeah. 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 Jock I like the hook of watch the world die
2: Yes. Oh, I, I, I I was thinking and yes. perhaps hoping you you had more disdain for this than you did, and if you do, please do don't. You're not stepping yeah. on my toes here because I love the song. No,
1: I I honestly like it, the the riff irritates me, and the fact that the it's song is so built around good. it. Huh, yeah. Interesting. What's
2: wrong with you? I actually do love the riff. Uh, not
1: I'm much of a riff. I really bird, I, I really don't it's like it. So good. <laughs> I think the beauty of this song is that you you know
3: you're at quite different points. But from the same place, like <laughs> yeah. it's, you don't have different interpretations of the songs, you just have different responses to the same. Inter- like, yeah, and that's kind like, of oh, it's nice. so dumb.
0: It's so dumb. Exactly.
3: That's I look. I have never had a strong connection to this song. I know it because I've been alive um, <laughs> yeah. since it I've came out. I've stood in the yeah, presence yeah. of a radio. I, yeah, I've been alive <laughs> since 1996,
0: the so radio I know the song was turned on.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it. Like, uh, it's a very simple riff. I think, you know, the bass actually does uh, a nice lot of work in moving the song through and around that riff. Yeah. Yeah, And that refrain about just, you know, going up past the breakers, just past everything else and just watching everything. I get how this is a super easy song to grab onto and to form a connection with and a bond where you like, this song is important to me and it speaks to me. I can connect with these lyrics about wanting to just...
1: I want to watch the world die, Nathan. (laughs) But this just doesn't get me there.
3: (laughs) That's fine, though. Like, it doesn't have to. But I I think, like... I, I, I think this is a really cleanly written song. I think this is really clean songwriting and how simple it is and how... It, yeah, maybe, there's, there's maybe no it exist. doesn't affect you but if, no. if, if it does it's super easy for it to it, it, it affects
1: too. me but just only in the sense that it irritates me but you know I also think that aesthetics come into it to a certain extent as well like there's nothing of, yeah I don't like goatees <laughs> but
3: yeah I think like there's there's nothing really mind blowing about this song but it kind of has its hand out for you and it's super easy to grab that hand and be like you know this is my song now
1: I'm doing this one like it's like oh, too ooh, slow <laughs>
3: <laughs> i
1: it back oh, forever
0: clear <laughs> Well, you know what? Fuck you guys. Everclear are coming back to Australia, and they are playing in Sydney on my birthday. Oh my god! Oh no, We're all playing.
1: going. No.
0: <laughs> Fuck you, Adam. At number twenty-three, it's Regagitator with. I sucked a lot of cock to get where I am. where are you Turn yet again to the Triple J Hottest 100. It's I Sucked A Lot of Cock To Get Where I Am. It is the opening song from their album, To Plang. Adam, Bonshaw. Yes. No, no.
3: Like, <laughs>
1: too easy. Thank yeah,
0: you. like literally too easy. Literally yep. too You're above easy. It. How'd you get where you are?
1: <laughs> what I realised when I was looking at uh, this song, it's one of the great things that we can, uh, we can do with the Hottest 100 is like it's a great diagnostic for what is an Australian song, or what is an Australian sound at mm. any given point in time, but also kind of more generally, because what The Hottest 100 is, is a collection of songs, quite a lot of them are Australian, some of them are not. So you get to see yeah, think like the differences. something if these were Australian? Mm. So I think like last last week we talked about the Phobes, um, and how like there was something about the way that they went about their aesthetic, the way that they talked about themselves as a band, um, the way that they communicated themselves musically, that was uniquely and kind of archetypally Australian. And I think like Regurgitator are 100% that as well. Could you imagine like a British band or an American band tackling the same kind of concept for a song? They try and make it too much of a joke. Like mm. I feel like in a way they try and make too much of it whereas this is just kind of like straight out it's purely vulgar, it's <laughs> it's clearly stated, it just is what it is and it's playing with this kind of way to like Cute doo-wop, almost, (laughs) like, harmonies going on Uh, that, you know, like, again, just completely self-deprecating, lazy... Almost sounding <laughs> yeah. in a way like it just—it just doesn't care. Um, well, he—he he, he didn't
3: get where he was by writing good songs.
1: <laughs> but it's, it just—it demonstrates such a particular world weariness that extends to the band themselves <laughs> as they're doing what they're doing in the moment. Like it's just, just so little care, and, and in the most amazing way. And it—and that to me is could only have been made by an Australian band. Really, could only have been made by Regurgitator. We've talked about them before as being like embodying, you know, the Australian. Attituded music quite clearly, so like, you know, holding it up as a as an example of that kind of straight away. I love that this these guys recorded two playing in Thailand without any real good reason for doing that. <laughs> Toulang <laughs> t- Th- t- Th- t- seems nice. Yeah. Toulang t- t- <laughs> itself um, is actually Thai for jukebox. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were embarking and
0: on a the tour. aesthetic of the album art and stuff is yeah, like very, yeah, hundred
1: percent. But I always wondered about that. But it turns out like, and Warner at this time who they were signed to were like, what are you doing? Why? <laughs> yeah. don't we just t- suck so much money into this like this this cool weird yeah. Brisbane
3: band. They're too weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What have we done? Because they were like,
1: we're gonna go. We've booked these shows in in Europe and in Japan. It was like, well. Well, we, we're going to have a stopover in Bangkok anyway let's check out the studios and so they did and they found this one with and they described it as like being run by the, the sucked a lot of Bangkok <laughs> uh, oh well done thank you <laughs> um, they described it as like recording with the uh, with the Thai Bruce Springsteen so huh, I don't know what you're supposed to take oh from Lord. that but you know thank like you. they were shooing chickens out of the studio at certain points as well it's great to hear them talk about it <laughs> they shoot a um, lot of cocks <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yes! yes! Glad you're here, man. It's it's just a super cool, super charming song, and it's it is like weird way. It's,
2: it's not like it's not poppy enough to like be like this is the pop song, but with the silly, dirty lyrics. Like it's still no, it's not quite pop-sheeny no. enough. It's just like kind of innocuous pop rock. Yeah, <laughs> then, like yeah. But it, but it, it, it has this yeah. like kind of kind of behind it. Like I can see why
1: people rally around it as being just like because there's this this character here. in, yeah. in droves. Now there was one particular media personality, <laughs> yes. yes, Mr. Alan Jones, radio broadcaster. So he he actually was campaigning. I don't know whether it was amongst other songs. Or yeah, it was it was it a was general a, it, it thing. thing. It yeah. was it was a, it was, a
2: sen- it was like a like a sensibility in broadcasting. Sure, thing. okay, mm-hmm. but this song was targeted. This was well, this yes. was one. The, this was one of the ones that uh, came up yeah. at the time. I wonder why. But I think it's worth.
1: Highlighting that it's not kind of the only time that mainstream media has kind of gone at Triple J for the kind of content that they no, of choose not. to choose to put on. They did it
3: again last year, didn't they? Well, probably. I, I, it's just like it gets to a point where you're like, yeah. oh, again, how yeah, exciting yeah, yeah. for you guys. That-
1: and yet, I think the best thing about that is we can say, oh, wait, that happened last yeah. year, and Triple J continues to, well, you know, yeah. to, to to put it across. And like, it's great that Triple J do that. So I don't know. Like, I think it's worth highlighting that. To,
2: to an yeah, extent yeah no absolutely I, I think this song is great like another like even though it's like they're f- the first song of the first album so that's, yeah. a, that's a very funny to yes. have this song like <laughs> you're not anywhere yet guys Is <laughs> yeah. great um yeah, i didn't even consider that. Yeah. It's great but like outside of tism the is there an australian band that gave less of a fuck than regurgitator <laughs> like it's a very good this point. is the first song on the first album ostensibly radio friendly but butchering any chance of crossover success oh yeah delightfully the fact that like this song is like like it's like obviously it's a riff on like the putrid shit heap that is the major label industry. Uh-huh. Um, like it's it's almost not worth even bothering to to, to, to dissect the lyrics. It's, it's no, you exactly it. what it you is. You get it, yeah. yeah. You get it, and it's just delightful. though, they, they just like. Like some of the lyrics are like when it's just rinse out and do it again or whatever, like that. Like, like it sounds pretty fucking vulgar. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that is great. And it's just, yeah. These, like, it's so, you're right, and it's Australian. There are other bands that could definitely internationally outside of Australia that have taken on and taken pot shots of the music industry. Obviously, bands do that semi regularly. It's a done thing, particularly not so much now because we're kind of beyond that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. But now, back in the day, certainly it happened all the time. But not, not with this kind of, like, lizard brain dumbness. <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah, just like, yeah. Yeah. I, it's like I sucked a lot of cock to get where I am. There is no entendre. It's not even it's, no. there. it's it just is that. And that, that, that is so Australian and it's one of those things that's like fucking A it's one of ours. What's funny is that Warner loved the song.
1: Yeah. But they didn't love the title, obviously. And so they yeah. were they were trying to talk them around from that, and the gurds were just like, "No, nah, that's that's what it's called. It's that." Yeah, Kwan yeah. said that. Uh, yeah. I believe
3: they bandied other more palatable titles. About rinsing comes to mind, but inevitably they caved to our infantile demands. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> well done, <laughs> love Kwan. You well done.
0: Yeah. What would you pick as the alternative title for this song? What I'd like is I would like to hug and kiss you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I shook a lot of hands to get right. Shook hand. a lot of hands. Yeah. Yeah, there we it. go. Bought a lot of lunches. <laughs> <laughs> I Ate a lot of lunch. To went, a, went on a lot of coffee runs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I interned for six months together. <laughs> Didn't eat a lot of brunch out. <laughs> <laughs> it's another. It's another feather in the cap that fucking weird feathery cap of fucking regurgitator who wear feathery caps all the time because they're regurgitator and they
1: do whatever the fuck they want. And uh, there's chickens around, so they're just fucking yeah, them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're just go. picking them off the chickens. Just pick them, Stick
0: them off. Stick them on a chicken. This kind of delves more into like their straight up guitar, based drums, garage rock side, not, you know, like, kind of the synth-heavy, more hip-hop-oriented side. And I, I really, really like that side of them. Like, as, as cool as it is to see them just go ham with, like, drum machines and synths and stuff like that, it's cool to remember that they started off as, like, pretty much just straight up... band, But
1: there's also something about that particular jangle on the guitar that has since been used throughout Australian indie rock as well. Oh, yeah. Mm. Particularly in Australian indie rock.
0: I I think they were majorly influential on Brisbane music. They have been keeping Brisbane weird for 20 plus years (laughs) and,
3: you know. (laughs) Them custard. Yeah, basically. (sighs)
0: That's it, man.
3: I really hope there's like, at this time, there are a whole lot of really like straight cut down the line Aussie rock bands trying to like make a thing happen in Brisbane and it just didn't work nah, yeah, because it's of like the bands not like Custom and yeah. Regurgitator and just being really mad it's like god damn we're writing great songs here about girls and feelings <laughs> well, uh, the- and these guys just do all this weird stuff and get all the attention <laughs> well that's like uh, The Finger I was literally just gonna say, damn! I guess us Powderfinger are never gonna
1: have it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll never break (laughs) it.
3: We should give up now.
1: (laughs) Hey Powderfinger, you can get what you need. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. sure.
2: It's an accent that's always funny. At
0: number twenty-two, it's the return of Ash, with a. as the folks from Entourage would put it
1: Oh yeah! Oh, yeah She was taken
0: At number 22 in the 1996 Hottest 100. Nathan, mm. you were, you were.
1: <laughs> I, don't know why I said, it, man. I'm not Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you were like, mm. <laughs> well, Well... <laughs> just carry on.
0: <laughs> mm. All you man. Real Nathan. Mm. <laughs> if I may. Adam. <laughs> Go ahead. So, the last time we talked about our Irish rock and roll outfit at. Uh, There was a wild indifference in this room, I
3: feel. The song Goldfinger?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm.
3: Failed to phase me, at least, but Uh. I think...
0: Has that indifference shifted at all with, uh, oh, yeah.
3: It has shifted. Oh. this is a bad song.
0: Oh no! Hilton, <laughs>
3: <laughs> you wrote a bad song, Ash.
1: <laughs> you wrote a bad song, PG. I
3: can't I just can't deal with how bland and repetitive the oh, chorus come on, is. Jav. The decision to have the couplet "Oh yeah, she was taking me over" and "Oh yeah, it was the start of the summer" in each chorus twice is one of the worst decisions a person has made.
0: <laughs> in, in the h- history of decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> the verses are also, very bland. I just don't understand the appeal of this song in the slightest. Mm. Um, this, to me, is like, you you know, if you were a 90s band putting out an album that had one or two good songs, like a lot of 90s bands did, you would bury this at, like, track 11 or something. This is, like, nah.
1: Yeah, other Nathan here. Look, i I kind of agree. <laughs> good. Because, like... It, it's it's kind of just like Pavement if they had diabetes. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so sugary Nathan third sweet. here, this is no good. This is no good. We'll get to you, Nathan the third. <laughs> uh-huh. But, like, it's just... The strings It's just, like, overly romanticised. And it's just like, they're just like, Oh, yeah, man, this old romance that I had the fuck is you're 12 <laughs> you don't get to get nostalgia until you're old and everything's shit oh, shut that's, up. that's the glory of nostalgia is that you know you can relive the past that's good in lieu of what you don't have which is anything so it's, so it's like it's like dogs trying to be people I think it's adorable and charming in its own way but in the same way that you know there's a dog at the table mm. you know like you don't you don't want it there for they're long
0: they're dogs
1: and they're playing poker <laughs> <laughs> ah! I don't. I don't even think this
3: is charming. This is just no. It's just. I think
1: there's something. There's some. There's some kind of youthful charm about it in the fact that they're talking about her uh, kiss was as sweet as wine, and they're not legal age to drink. <laughs> like, which uh,
0: definitely stops Irish people from drinking. You know,
2: <laughs> and and you know when you think of like wine, you do think of sugary sweetness. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, Could be dessert wine. This is Nathan The fourth here. I'm, I'm more side Nathan the first than anything. This is this is not a great piece of music. More than the previous Ash song, I get, I kind of see this as like what they're trying to do with their like Brit pop, but with like American sensibility, I guess. Partly I do it out of Schadenfreude and partly out of like like actual genuine connection with other humans. Like seeing the YouTube comments on '90s rock songs where people say like, "Oh, this was a huge part of my life growing mm. up." Because occasionally, you see something you see a gem where it's just like this was the song that I met my husband to. And you're like, that's fucking cool. And that's always a really sw- sweet sentiment when you see those kind of things. And this one is just like, this song was my teenage, blah, blah, blah. And no, 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 I'm <laughs> yeah. also into this song, I man. I think in Erica
0: in the yeah, backseat yeah, yeah, of this yeah, song.
2: Yeah. Heaps of those oh, kind of things. Um, I think in now. Nathan <laughs> the Fifth. <laughs> and, I pled the fifth. <laughs> um but like and like and there's a huge amount of that for this, so I, I get that there's a huge nostalgic attachment. For if, if you were like maybe 17 when this song came out, and now when you're yeah. like a 27 year, or oh, 37 year old looking back on it, then I can see why that would be nostalgic. But like the song itself is pretty oh, like no,
1: that's gross too. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, the
2: song is a pretty much like a four out of ten piece of crap. Like fucking <laughs>
0: <yeah. laughs> hell, you I guys are so it. mean.
2: <laughs> Did you love it?
0: Oh, I don't love it, but like it's not even my favorite Ash song. It's just it's just one of those ones that I've just always found perfectly fine and likable, and you know, like sweet. I never really thought that deeply into it. You guys have no. just you guys have just made a very focused and fucking planned attack, and I I I, I, I feel kind of ambushed. Like I I I did not expect this. Like. Maybe with Ash, I have to now expect the unexpected because when we originally talked about them, I'm just like, oh yeah, Ash, you guys all know Ash, and you're like, who the fuck are Ash? Yeah. So I'm just- <laughs>
2: and now you're like, oh, you guys, Ash, you, you, you just don't mind Ash, do you? And then we're like, no, we fucking hate Ash. Yeah.
3: <laughs> just swerve after swerve after yeah. swerve. I hope there's another song and I can, like, really love it. Love it hard. <laughs> so it will be my to die on. <laughs>
0: I've always enjoyed Ash, I like this record a lot I never thought of them as being a band That could be hateable
1: I still stand by the fact that they're slightly charming But there's some hate over
3: this corner
0: For this
1: song, and this is a loaded
3: question Because there there aren't any, but what are the things to like About this song?
1: What a bad job
3: (laughs) interviewer
2: you would make (laughs) This uh, is a loaded question seeing as there aren't any But what skills do you bring to the role? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I've always thought the chorus was just simple and, and, and catchy like uh, I never really thought too deeply into it maybe maybe that's the point I don't know like it maybe it's just supposed to be like a, a simple sweetly like semi nostalgic sort of song and like I like the guitar tone and I just yeah I like that kind of playful naivete that that plays into a lot of this record. I'm not going to them for fucking crucial realism. Like, the biggest <laughs> song of this record was a song called Girl from Mars, for God's sake. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Look,
3: I, I don't bear any, any ill will towards anyone that enjoys this song. I just like listening to it, and particularly it came in at number 22. There are 88 songs that it beat in this countdown. And I just, for the life this of me. Just beat Frank
0: Bennett. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, exactly. What? Mac, you think. But I just. My I just forced meme of the year. <laughs> <laughs> cannot see the appeal for the life of me.
0: That's all right. Maybe someday. Maybe when you're a little older. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: The truth is out there. Maybe it's here. Let's find out. And number 21 is the Foo Fighters with the cover of Down in Down in the Park. Down in the Park. Down in your park. 1996 Hot Us 100 That's a little song called Down in the Park It's from the X-Files soundtrack Again we've, <laughs> we've had another Just random Out of the ass Like Where the fuck Did this song come from Oh Where the fuck the-
1: Did this song come from
3: <laughs> Songs in the KX. X That's where it came from Or did it I continually <laughs> underestimate the ability of soundtrack songs to get in this countdown. <laughs> Batman, this, uh the, the Crow. crow.
2: Look <laughs> at the, the second crow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Just like triple J programming in the mid 90s. is like, cool, so there are a lot of like quintessential albums that are gonna have the hugest of legacies coming out. Have oh, You heard the crow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see the crow? Because there were some okay songs in that. Yeah. Let's Did you, feature that do, album this you, week.
2: You remember the crow? Yeah. They made a directed DVD sequel. <laughs> yeah. Also, that had a soundtrack. Yeah. Also, <laughs> A cure cover on that. Yeah. We need a new Was album it? of the week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So for context, Foo Fighters are an American oh, rock band no. fronted <laughs> by one D. <deep> Cro. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding. Uh, so the song they're covering is a song called "Down in the Park," uh, originally done by a band called H-
2: by Army. Down in- Gary Newman's band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Gary this is Newman. the band
0: that Gary Newman was in before he broke out solo and became the iconic car driving motherfucker that he is <laughs>
3: car today. Car enthusiast.
0: A, a, a really, really interesting one for Foo Fighters to cover. Like, I think they also covered Baker Street around this time ah. as well. Yeah.
1: for some reason. What's really interesting about the fact that Foo Fighters chose to cover this Tubeway song, though, is that, from what I understand, Tubeways were slightly more rocky prior to this song, and then Newman kind of pushed them towards the more Newman electronic mm-hmm. era. And the Foo Fighters took it back to being Rocky.
3: And reclaimed yeah, it.
1: Yeah, you know, like it's a bit... Oh, no, no, no. Take,
2: Take Back song, the Rock. How yeah. dare Dave you. Dave Bro would totally run a campaign called Take yeah. Back the Rock. Yeah. But, I, I, but I've got to say, though, like what this does, um, it's clearly an earlier Foo Fighters song than, than they came to be known, kind of thing like so that. So this like, is
0: between the first album coming out and... Colour,
1: the and, the colour the and the Shape. Yeah. Their
2: best album. And, unquestionably and this is like this isn't what Foo Fighters went on to do like there's a there's, a, no. there's space and and non-essential I, are you
0: thinking what I'm thinking the sliding doors moment where they kind of went down this <laughs> rabbit yeah. hole yeah. They, they didn't write ever long they started weird yeah. like <laughs> dark sort of songs
2: yeah I always like seeing because I know they're quite disparate genres and also disparate Fan bases, I guess, mm. synth rock and new wave and traditional rock music, and I always, I always like seeing when they try and when they cover one another and see how that kind of works and this it's straightforwardly done but still yeah. manages to channel some of that synthy new wave like bah, 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 sound yeah, in it yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. E oh I'll yeah just...
0: that lead that a lead yeah. sounds so good like those hum- those pitched harmonics Exactly. yeah
1: that's it Yeah. oh so so good and there's still there's something about the mechanical nature that's still kind of communicated they soften it uh, the edges a little bit like it's yeah. the, the, the original's very straight lines but there's something like
0: yeah. I think this actually might have been one of the first proper full band recordings of Foo Fighters because yeah. obviously when yeah. first Food nice. Fighters album was just all Dave, mm. so it's interesting to kind of now think of Foo Fighters not as Dave Grohl's side project, mm. like to think of them as an actual band now. Like it also got me thinking because normally you would never put Dave Grohl and Gary Newman in the same sentence, but having now like heard him sing this song, I'm just like, oh wow! Like Dave Grohl's like lower, like calmer, like not Wah! register. It's quite nice. He d- a, a quite nice. And B resembles Gary Newman's d- way more than I would ever give it credit for. He does a
2: good Newman here. Like, yeah, it's, like it, it, it's But def- like
0: like his all his his normal singing like kind of also is reflected in that. Like mm. the kind of ah, like the kind of lilts yeah. in mm. his in his own like lower le- lower level
2: vocal style. The fact that it's not mixed at the front, like yeah, 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 that, yeah. that's not something I ever really pursued much. Because the like there are obviously various elements of the band and, like, I love Pat's music, guitar work, but, the, like, the Foo Fighters are obviously the Dave Grohl experience. Yeah. And having, having him at the front of the mix makes perfect sense for those kind of songs. Like, you wouldn't ever hear, like, Best of You without him at the loudest part of the mix, obviously. And, like, but having it here in, like, it works, A, for a Newman cover and, a, and an X-Files soundtrack piece to have it, like, not be at the fore. But it's it gives a side of the Foo Fighters that I didn't think they had in them mm. and they do that pretty well and it's like it's not a spectacular cover but I think it gets the job done and it's shows showcases the side of the band that part of me wishes they had pursued absolutely well I think they had the time and, and space
1: to be able to do that now because they're only starting to kind of be big they're, people don't have expectations as to what the Foo Fighters are just mm. yet as, mm. as Dave said they've only just kind of formed as a, as a whole band as opposed to something that Dave is playing with just in his own musical right I mean I think this is across the board with a lot of bands as well like after they've kind of done one thing then yeah. you shouldn't be necessarily surprised to see them do even if it's not something they return to for a second album necessarily but a, a handful of just kind of experiments mm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in between that
2: it isn't really a thing that happens so much anymore but that's why like B-sides and soundtrack songs are good examples 100%. of like good chances to showcase that Obviously, covers as well like yeah. I've
1: often said mm. you you know we talked about I mean particularly in this countdown where been, there have been so so many covers you really get to see what a band is and isn't, Mm. truly, in terms of what they play with when they cover a song. Yeah, Mm. big
0: time. I think the one thing to take home from all of this is that David Duchovny has a monopoly on The Hottest (laughs) 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 100. Or does he? That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites, and we're going to start with Nathan number two.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah! yeah. <laughs> I was delayed on that one. Um, oh, come on, number two, get yeah, it together! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who does like... number two work for? <laughs> I'm kind of a bit split because I do enjoy that Foo Fighters cut, but I maybe have to just give it slightly over to the Gerch because it's the Gerch. Yeah. Um, and I don't like Santa Monica by <laughs> God, God damn I it! I do not like that song. <laughs>
0: well, I do. It's not very uh, good. But I'm going to give it to Just a Girl. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, just by default, uh, even though you guys are obviously picking it by choice, <laughs> Ash, is, Ash is number five for me.
2: Yeah, um, may I speak for both of us? Uh, probably you can. Uh, favorite was At least favorite was Ash. But second
3: favorite was? Everclear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it would have been for you. I would have said Free Fighters, but that's fine. Uh, but no, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Come on Nathan, Nathans,
0: Get your shit together
3: <laughs> The apple has fallen Very far <laughs> from the tree I'll tell you what
0: uh, Thanks again for listening Thanks so much For checking this out uh, We will be back Very soon With the top 20 We are getting Real, real fucking lad. serious It's getting warm Oh it is getting Steamy Temperate Oh baby But mm. until then On behalf Of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Good night. Mr. Nathan Harrison. Good night. And Mr. Nathan Harrison. Good night. My name is Nathan Harrison. Everything is Nathan Harrison.
2: Good night.